This is the Agile Thoughts Podcast, and I'm Lance Kind. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight, the main event, let's get ready to scale Agile. Come on, Dad. Let's go get him, Dad. Come on, Dad. You've been working really hard. You've been working out every day. You're so disciplined, Dad. Let's go, Dad. Go in the Less ring. Get him, more. Dad. Less is more. Less is more. Come Less on, is more. Mom. You get in there and you beat him to a pulp, Mom. Boss Bodhi, one of the founders of Less, and Tavel Panchel, Agile Consultant Extraordinaire. We get together to talk about ownership by team and product owner. I would say 2010, there was a need to have a mobile development team and a web development team. Now, when the responsiveness came into play, the need for having two separate kind of focus areas went away because technology was there to take care of rendering in two different kinds of devices. But that technology would have never come until the problem had come in the first place. So it's almost like you're taking two steps forward, one step backward, and then some technology allows you to move a little bit ahead, right? So when you look at the question of what does scaling mean, uh, to me it means more around like, can we now build the tools that actually help us to get better, as opposed to how can I find a lot of work for all the people? Because there will always be some new technology that is going to make whatever you were doing earlier completely obsolete. Mm -hmm. And if you have the capability to build your own tools, to build your own improvement, (laughs) or how would I say it, power your own improvement by building your own tools, then you're not dependent on an external agent to come sell you that tool. No, I mean, there is a lot of motivation for someone to build a technology tool to actually solve your problem. Like, for example, in one of the companies that I was working with in the gaming design, the tool that they were using to do game design was an internal tool, and that was the least funded effort in the entire organization. When that needs to be the largest funded effort because it saves the designers a tremendous amount of time. Because right now what the designers were doing was they were making their own internal hacks and shortcuts to overcome the tool shortcomings Mm. and they were hiring more and more designers to cope with the fact that they had to do a lot of design Mm. and that problem will never be solved by adding more people to the design department when the problem really is that you have really bad tools to do the work that would make it easier for you to do it. Does the work that we're talking about, uh, scaling, help avoid that? Well, I guess you can generalize it as simply when you uh, grow larger, gradually people take away more and more responsibility from the teams. 
okay. Yes. So you get less responsible teams. Okay. Uh, and the tools aspect is just just one of those. So if uh, the teams are becoming less responsible, then something else is stepping in to provide things. Um, so maybe we're talking about those like, hey, we're going to have a test platform as so well, the test platform team. Maybe that's how that pattern starts cropping up. Well, the blah blah manager that we talked about in the last course is probably the simplest solution that someone on the upper management can implement. I have a problem, let me hire a manager to take care of the problem because, mm-hmm. right, and let them figure it out rather than pushing that responsibility back onto the team, which is different than giving it to an individual because that's what the blah blah manager does, right? It assumes mm-hmm. all the responsibility of the entire problem. Mm-hmm. When in reality, if it went back to the whole team, then five minds are going to hopefully find a better answer than just one person. So some organizations I go into, they, uh, people are living with problems and they don't want to add, tell anyone about it because they're afraid that somebody will take it over, take over the, the, the issue from them and, and they'll resolve it in a way that makes it even less pleasant. So I think I, think, I see what you're, what you're saying. All right. From all the coaching that I've learned, one thing is my problem is more important to me than your solution because it is mine. I have ownership over my problem, but anytime the solution comes from outside, it is not mine. Therefore, my first reaction is to push back Mm. and not accept it. So the, the, the information, so the training we're receiving on, on implementing less is about not doing too much for the team. Is that fair to say? How would you summarize how do we get teams more, give them more ownership? Because we're doing scrum and teams are supposed to have ownership, right? That's Agile manifesto, the principles, uh, the values. Teams are supposed to own the process, but somehow when you get into an enterprise, that part it doesn't work out so well. I, here's what I liked. Uh, at the end of the day, as we were talking about uh, the fact that competitor analysis or being able to right. actually take on the vision is to add it as a product backlog item for the team to actually go and investigate on their own and take more ownership of it, which is contrary uh, in some respects. And you should correct me on this, Bas. We, we, we need to fill in the audience. So. In a product owner in a, in a less huge, where there's lots of teams, uh, his role is, isn't so much of the clarification, mm-hmm. meaning he's not going to go, when a, when, a, when a developer has a question, he's not going to go over to the uh, somewhere in the business that, or whoever's, whoever's drove that requirement, he's not going to go walk over to, to another building and go ask the, the person who has an opinion about the button and then come back all the way over to the development building and, and let them know. And then, the, and then the developer keeps asking questions and the, and the PO is basically a, a communication bridge. But uh, Boss has different advice, which was... Uh, connect the end user and the customer directly with the dev team, which essentially is the principle in Agile Manifesto. Business people and developers must work together daily. Right, right. But then we started interpreted business people as the product owner, and yes. that's where things went very wrong. Mm-hmm. So, wouldn't the business person be the best product owner? And, and 
Well, often the uh, because of the difficulty of adopting Scrum uh, in an organization, the business person ends up not being the product owner, but somebody else, because it would be too hard to involve the real business side. And what, so, and, and if they did get involved, they m- might not still be a business person, meaning they're not involved with whatever their role was before, is the other, the other object pattern I've heard. Um, Even if you get a business person to represent from the business department yeah. to be the product owner, uh, how well will that a business person represent the needs of 50 other people right. that they are trying to channel? Right. When it's a problem experienced by one or two class of mm. end users, mm. I'd rather connect those class of end users directly with the dev team members rather than have the business person interpret mm-hmm. what they're saying to the developers. Now, they could be present in the room to clarify any language relation, I mean, mm. to, to, to add on or provide because they have a better working relationship with the team, mm. but rarely they are the conduit. What's the ideal PO? For me, the ideal PO is somebody who brings clarity and makes decisions. Okay. Like one of my favorite POs was a person who, uh, at that point I was part of a, a, a management team of a product. He would sit in the back of the room and he would listen to everybody discussing a certain topic. And after 10 minutes of argument, he would stand up and he would say, that's what we're going to do and he would sit down and he would basically what he did is he listened to all the input that he needed then he made clear that he is the product owner he made the decision he made the direction clear to absolutely everyone without any doubt and he removed himself again from that discussion and let it go on so therefore everybody in the organization always knew what the vision and goal for the product was. Mm. Uh, and whenever there was an, a relatively high level decision that needed to ma- be made related to the product, you would made it right there mm. so that you'd never got blocked by uh, uncertainty of where you're going. And that was one of my favorite product owners. Next episode, we'll finish the series with uh, Tavel Panchala and Boss Fodi uh, and talk about rather than shopping for a scaling framework, instead look to solve problems. <laughs>